Welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. Please take a second to follow and leave a review. This will allow the podcast to appear in feeds more frequently. If you do have a question or a topic you'd like to hear more about, shoot me a message and we'll take some time to address that particular topic. Our goal is to help a generation navigate the world that they're living in. So please share the link and give others a chance to get some help as well. Now, it's been a long time uh, since we've been together, and like I said, I've been trying to, to, to get things on track. Uh, the way my schedule is now kind of provides that opportunity, so I'm going to try to get two on today and then try to make it a, a regular thing uh, where we can uh, get these podcasts on. And uh, not that I have all the answers, uh, but I'll try to try as best I can to get into into God's Word to try to find some things uh, that may be able to help you all as you go through, uh, as you go through your lives. But uh, today we're going to look at uh, a topic kind of a, a piggyback to what our our final um, series, or our last series, I'm sorry, in our teen service was. Uh, our series was Unafraid, Fearless in a Fearful World. And uh, you know, so far too often in our lives, we allow fear to control the things we say, control the things we do, how we act. And uh, as a Christian, that's not the way we should be. So gonna kind of a follow-up, like I said, to that, just kind of a thought. It wasn't necessarily uh, a, a big enough thought to turn into a full message, uh, but just kind of a thought that I came across and uh, kind of uh, studied it out a little bit. And I think it might be something that might be a help, not only to you, but also to me. In uh, Mark chapter 14, we find the story. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Uh, we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, the Bible says that uh, he, uh, obviously we know that he goes into the garden and he leaves uh, most of the disciples there. And then he takes three a little further and says, now you, I want you three to stay here and watch. Uh, and pray with me, but, but watch because, you know, what is coming toward me. Then the Bible says that uh, we, know, we know the story. Jesus prays for a while, comes back, and you're sleeping. It happens a couple different times. And uh, finally, uh, the last time, the Bible says that Jesus uh, Jesus basically said, look, uh, it's time. Uh, Judas is here. Uh, Judas is about to about to come in, and uh, as a result, uh, you know this is this is the end, and you, you're going to have to step up. And everything that I've been saying to this point now is going to come to pass. The Bible says then uh, that uh, in Mark chapter 14, uh, the Bible says uh, that um, Peter had told him, "Look, uh, I'm not. I, I will not deny you." Uh, these others, they may run away, they may leave, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But the Bible says uh, in uh, verse 50, well, first 47 of Mark 14, the Bible says that Peter uh, took out his sword and uh, took a swipe at one of the the high priest's servants, cutting off his ear. But then the Bible says that uh, from that point, Jesus said, "Look, you know what, Peter, put your sword away. This is the way it has to be." But then the Bible says in verse 50, and they all forsook him and fled. You know, obviously we we give Judas uh, a bad rep, and I, I'm not excusing what Judas did. Judas betrayed Christ. He, you know, whatever whatever happened to him, and obviously we know, uh, but he brought on himself. Peter, once again, Peter made his own decisions. I'm not in any way taking away from that as well. But ultimately, we give Peter a bad rap because, uh, well, he denied Christ. But where were the others? Where were the other 10? Obviously, Judas was gone, and Peter, so then 10 more would make 12. Now, we know John from the book of John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was somehow related to Annas or Caiaphas, uh, the high priest, and uh, his father. I don't know where the relationship was there. But I do know the Bible says that in this case here, Peter stepped up with his sword. And like I said, we give Peter a hard time. We give Peter a bad rep. 
But here we find uh, the Bible says that they all forsook him and fled. Now, if we go back, and I'm not going to go back to the passage, but the ba- back to the passage where Peter said, look, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. These others, they might. I'm not going to deny you. But the Bible says, likewise also said they all. They all said the same thing. We're never going to deny you. We're never going to leave you, though it doesn't matter who comes against you. But as soon as the religious leaders and the Roman soldiers and all that showed up, the Bible says they all forsook him and fled. You know, I'm not belittling the situation because it would have been a difficult time. It would have been, it would have been tough. It would have been uh, a struggle for them. But ultimately, fear caused them to go back on what they had said. And I'm not, I, once again, I would have been afraid too if I'm told, you know what, you're going to die if you're with X person. That would frighten me as well. But ultimately, in this case here, they deserted Christ because of the fear that they felt. You know, it's interesting that as you continue on, um, in uh, the same chapter, a little later, the Bible says, and Peter followed him afar off. You know, Peter overcame that fear to an extent. Obviously, we know uh, he's getting ready to deny Christ, and whether he was, den- I-, I personally think he denied Christ out of fear. I believe he was afraid that if he was associated with Christ, uh, that uh, he would be killed just the same way that Jesus was. Um, once again, not be, I'm not belittling that. You know, it's easy for us to sit in judgment of Peter, and you shouldn't have done this, or you should have done this, but we've never been put in that situation. We've never been put in a situation where we have to step up, we have to stand for Christ in spite of those around us, in spite of what other people say, in spite of what other people do. And that's where we find Peter. But the Bible says that Peter followed him afar off. You know, an ironic thing, and I'm obviously going to title this one, Faith Over Fear. That was one of the main points we had through our um, Unafraid uh, series. But faith doesn't mean that fear is absent. I think sometimes we think it's faith or fear. Faith is the overcoming of fear. When uh, Peter was wa- when Peter walked on the water, the Bible says that Jesus came to him, and Jesus, uh, or I'm sorry, Jesus was walking across the water, and uh, they looked out and they saw what they thought was a ghost or a spirit. And the Bible says Peter, for whatever reason, Peter is the way he is. Peter yells out, "Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you." Now, was Peter afraid of the water? I'm sure he was. Just like the other disciples that were in the boat, the thunder and the lightning and the waves and the wind and the rain, I'm sure he was afraid. But ultimately, when he asked Jesus, you know what, if it's you, tell me to get out of the boat. And Jesus said, okay, Peter, come on. And Peter got out of the boat. It wasn't that Peter's fear was all of a sudden gone. It was that his faith became bigger than his fear. And like I said, with our series and all, emphasizing the fact that when I choose to allow fear to control the things I do, I'm now saying, you know what, whatever it is, in Peter's case, the wind and the rain, or we're going to look at a couple other examples here in a second. This is more, this is bigger than my God. This has more control over me than my God. And like I said, I know we live in a very fearful society. I understand that. And we have, we're afraid of this and afraid of that. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and what's going to happen uh, next year and what's going to happen in the election. We don't know any of those things, but we cannot let fear control what we do. We must allow faith to do that. And so in turn, I trust that my God is in control. So therefore, my fear cannot control. I can't have two things in control. One has to be in control. Are we going to let fear control or are we going to let God control or my faith in God control? A couple of stories that uh, popped into my mind as I was uh, studying for this. Obviously, like I said, the goal was to turn this into a message, but the more I, the more I studied it, I thought, you know what, it's not 
there wasn't enough uh, um, application, if you will, to to fit straight into the series. Uh, we have had to kind of turn the series a different direction to include it. But like I said, the idea of faith and fear is something that's been that I've been uh, stuck on for a while now. But the or, uh, one particular person, the Bible says in First uh, Samuel, uh, we find the story of uh, Saul, and uh, the Bible says that. Uh, Saul, obviously, we understand he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And uh, the Bible says that uh, the people said, you know what, he would make a great king. He wasn't God's choice, but God gave the people their own choice. And they chose Saul based on what they saw, uh, based on what they observed, but it wasn't God's choice. The Bible says that within uh, two years, Saul had two major missteps. One was uh, the uh, sacrificing. Samuel was running late or whatever, and uh, Samuel wasn't there. And the Bible says that uh, Saul had all the sacrifice ready to go. And uh, because of time's sake, said, you know what, I don't think he's coming. And so he decided to make the sacrifice himself. The second one is the one I want to focus on. The Bible says that God told uh, the children of Israel, told Saul, uh, to go defeat the Amalekites. And the Bible says that they left and uh, went and destroyed. He said, I want destroyed. Every man, woman, child, every animal, all of it destroyed. And there's, we're not going to get into the history behind it all or the, uh, the theology behind it all, but there was a reason God wanted it done that way. But we find the fact that uh, Saul takes all the people and uh, they go and they kill almost everything. Uh, the Bible says he brings back uh, the best of the cows, the best of the sheep, and he brings back Agag, uh, the king. And so the Bible says then Samuel shows up and uh, Saul instantly tells him, look, you know what? I did exactly what you wanted. Uh, I did exactly what God wanted. God wanted everything destroyed. And uh, Samuel says, well, wait a second. Why, why do I hear sheep in the background? And why do I hear cows? And who's this guy standing next to you? And Saul, I want you to pay attention to the fact that Saul's statement, he said, you know what? I obeyed, but the people, the people felt that this would, the people felt and in turn, he laid that blame. Once again, he knew he had done wrong. He knew he had uh, made a poor decision, but the people. And what you have to understand is in his case, well, you know what? I was afraid of what the people would think. You cannot live your life afraid of what people will think. That's where you become a person pleaser. And here's the thing. When you choose to please people, you'll never please everyone. In fact, in most cases, you won't please anyone. So as a Christian, I've got to choose to please God with what I do, with what I say, how I act, not pleasing this person or pleasing that person. I mean, in this case here with Saul, Saul had two people. He could please God or he could please the people. And he chose the people. Why? Because he could see the people. The people uh, not necessarily paid his salary, but the people played a big role in who he was and what he did. And so he was afraid of them. And as a Christian, especially as a Christian teenager, you cannot live that way. You think, well, what, what do I do in this situation? Go to God's Word. Stop basing everything you do on what social media says or what other people say or what other people think or what other people do and do what God says is right to do. And once again, we see Saul here. I kind of made an interesting comparison, and you'll see as we go through. Saul was relying on Samuel's relationship with God. It wasn't about Saul's walk with God or his relationship with God. It was about Samuel and his relationship with God. There was no realness there. A second story, in uh, Exodus chapter 32, uh, the Bible says that, uh, obviously we know the story of the Exodus. The Bible says that the children of Israel left Egypt, and as they're wandering through the wilderness, well, to me, the first 40 years, they were not wandering. Uh, the first 40 years, God was directing them. The second 40 years, that was legitimate wandering, uh, because the goal there was to kill everyone 20 years and older uh, because of their unbelief, because of their 
uh, really their fear, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, when they got to the promised land. And the Bible says that the, um, the, uh, they sent the 12 spies and those 12 spies came back out. And Joshua and Caleb said, look, uh, the, the grapes are enormous. There's milk, there's honey. This is going to be unbelievable. We need to, let, let's go do it. God's given us the victory. And the amazing thing is the other 10 spies never denied that the grapes were not huge and there was not milk and honey, but they allowed the fear of the giants to overwhelm the goodness that God had promised to them. Like I said, faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is allowing God or my trust or my faith in God, for lack of a better way to put it, to overwhelm the fear that's in my heart. You know, you think, uh, you look at uh, the, the war heroes of days gone by, and you'll hear their stories, and you know what? Yes, this person's a hero, and that person's a hero. That doesn't mean that they were not afraid. As you see stories of men who dove on grenades, or, or men who charged bunkers with nothing more than a handgun, and maybe a, a, a knife of some sort, a dagger of some sort, or or, or men who, uh, who took over, uh, or who took whole units on themselves, and were able to defeat this and defeat that, and provide an opportunity for the Americans, or whatever country, specifically Americans, to get the victory, it wasn't that they weren't afraid. They said, you know what? It needs to be done. And so they said, you know what? Whatever happens, I'm still going to push forward. And as a teenager, especially as a Christian teenager, you have to do so. You cannot allow the fear of what society is going to think or this, the fear of what this friend is going to think or this friend is going to say or what they're going to do or what social media says. You cannot allow that fear to overwhelm the faith that God has said, look, this is what I want you to do. That doesn't change. When God says, I want this done, that doesn't change. And so that's something that you have to say, you know what? I'm going to trust him and I'm going to keep pushing forward. And Saul says, but you know what? I, I was trying to, but the people, I allowed my fear of the people to cause me to do what I know was wrong. The second one, like I, I kind of got off track a little bit there, but the second one in Exodus 32, the Bible says that uh, Moses uh, goes up into Mount Sinai and uh, Joshua follows and the Bible says Joshua stops halfway up and uh, Moses continues on up into the cloud and spends 40 days and 40 nights up there. And he spends specific time with God. The Bible says then he comes out, God gives him the Ten Commandments, and then God says, you know what, you need to get back down there because your people, it's, fun, it's funny, it's kind of like a parent, uh, a mom telling a dad, you know what, your son or your daughter, it's God saying, you Moses, your people are doing wrong. The Bible says Moses left, came down, came down, and he's talking to Joshua, and Joshua says, it sounds like there's war in the camp. And so then the Bible says that they came or they uh, they came down and uh, Moses looking around. Obviously, we know the story. They're dancing around the golden calf. Music's blaring. Uh, people are not wearing anything like it. This is a, a horrible situation. And Moses looks around and he finds Aaron and he says, Aaron, what is going on? And Aaron said, you know what? I know you went up into the cloud and, you know, I was perfectly content, but the people wanted this done. The people desired a false god. Then he begins to recount the story that, you know, the, the people, uh, they got uh, restless and they got impatient. And uh, they said, you know, Moses isn't coming back down. And in turn, they said, make us gods. And the Bible says, uh, probably one of the dumbest statements in the Bible. Uh, but the Bible says, uh, Moses uh, or, uh, tells Aaron, you know what? And Moses or Aaron says, yeah, you know what? They gave me all their gold earrings and uh, I put them in the, I put them and melted them down. And lo and behold, this calf came out. Like how dumb does Aaron think Moses is? 
but we know the story. He smashes the calf up, throws the gold into the water, makes the people drink the water, and obviously judges the people for that. But all that to say, Aaron said, but the people, you know what? I knew this and I knew that, but the people, the pressure, and I'm not, once again, I'm not here to talk about peer pressure. What I want you to understand is you, we know what's right to do and the faith to say, you know what? This is what God wants. This is what I'm going to pursue. I'm going to do what I know is right because it's right. Honestly, even if it's even if it's the popular thing to do, I'm still going to pursue it because I know it's what's right to do. But here he tells, but the people. And we could go on and on, and we could talk about this story, talk about that story. People in the Bible who uh, knew what was right to do but still didn't do it. Uh, another one, uh, I just off the top of my head, uh, the story of Gehazi. The Bible says that Gehazi was uh, Elisha's servant, and uh, we know the story that uh, with uh, the the um, the I think it was the Syrians that had surrounded the particular uh, town uh, that Elisha was living in, and uh, they wake up in the morning. Gehazi looks out, and he's terrified, and in turn. Um, Elisha says, you know what, open his eyes. All three of those, Saul and Samuel, Saul had, didn't have his own relationship. He depended on Samuel's relationship with God. Aaron depended on Moses' relationship with God. We don't see Aaron going up into the mountain with Moses. We don't see him even asking to do so. He chose to stay down with all the people. And then we see Gehazi the same way. Does it, didn't have his own faith, didn't have his own trust. He depended on what Elisha had to, or what Elisha's relationship with God was like. And so in our own lives, we have to understand that faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is not the fact that I am not scared. Faith is not that, you know what, uh, this, uh, I, I'm not afraid that this is going to happen. And, uh, faith is stepping out and saying, you know what, in spite of the fear, in spite of the, the being afraid, I'm going to step out and I'm going to step out and I'm going to do what's right. Back to the original example we talked about with Peter, the Bible says, that, well, with the disciples in general, the Bible says, and they all forsook him and fled. To me, there's not a whole lot to describe, and I'm not belittling anybody here, but to describe um, the average American Christian teenager. We're afraid. I'm not saying that that faith is, on, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that that being afraid or that fear is necessarily unfounded. You know, I, I, I know you care a lot about what the world thinks. I know you care a lot about what people think, and even Christians. I'm not saying it's just what the world thinks. It could be what other Christians think. It could be what parents think. It could be what, what your pastor thinks. I don't know, but we've begun to fear so much what others think, and we begin to fear uh, what others say, what others do, and it hinders or it greatly um, changes what we do, what we say, how we act, all because of that fear. Don't be like Peter. Don't be like the other disciples that said that, you know, when it came down to it, they forsook him and fled because they were afraid. Be willing to step up and say, hey, you know what? I know this is coming. I know this is, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. But ultimately, I know this is what I'm, I'm supposed to do what's right. And as I've said before, kind of a, a convicting statement here. But don't expect to be willing to die for Christ if you're not willing to live for him now. If, God forbid, the government were to come and say, you know what, you believe in this and you believe in that, uh, renounce Christ or you're going to die. I would stand for Christ. That's great. Why can't you live for him now then? Why can't you choose to stand up for him now, now that we don't have uh, a threat of violence? We don't have a threat of, of struggle. We don't have a threat of, uh, of problems. Why can't we stand for him now? And like I said, as, as a Christian teenager, I know I'm not belittling it. I know it's a struggle. Teenagers do care a lot about what other people say, what other people do, what other people uh, think of them. I understand all that. But you've got to learn to say, you know what? My fear will not overwhelm my faith. 
My, my God is bigger. My God is bigger than uh, social media. My God is bigger than uh, any human being, any, uh, any celebrity. My God is bigger than any problem, than any issue, than any struggle that I have. My God is bigger. And allow your faith then to overwhelm that fear and push forward, much like the comparison to the military heroes, push forward to something bigger, push forward to victory. Why? Because you didn't allow fear to control your decisions. Many of us get paralyzed by fear. We don't do what we're supposed to do. We don't act the way we're supposed to act. We don't do those things simply because we're afraid of this or of that. But I have to live my life knowing, you know what, God's in control, and I'm going to follow him, I'm going to obey him more than man. Well, I hope it's been a help to you. Like I said, I'm going to try to get a couple more on here, maybe one more uh, or so. Uh, but I hope it's been a help to you. My goal, once again, is to try to help you in any way that I can. If you have a question, if you have any thoughts, if you have a concern, if you have something you just want to know about, just shoot me a message. Instagram, text me. Usually, my obviously, my teens have my number. Um, but uh, shoot me a message some way, uh, some question. Even try to, if you want to, make it anonymous somehow. Uh, pass me a note uh, in a service or something if, you, if you're just not sure about something, you have a question, shoot me shoot me the question and I'll be happy to try to answer it for you. Well, like I said, uh, Thanksgiving's coming here shortly and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and uh, until next time, we will see you later.